Hey, Paula, I think you're going to be proud of me because I started a new show yesterday. Seinfeld? No, it was not Seinfeld. It was uh, 90 Day Fiance, 90 Days Before. Oh, (laughs) gosh. I have been binging 90 Day Fiance. And I don't binge, but I have been doing it. Yeah, my uh, shout out to my friend Miranda who uh, showed it to me. Um, I cannot believe that this is a thing that I am as into as I'm it as I am, but it's it's just intoxicating. For our friends out there who don't know what 90 Day Fiance is, it is a show. So there's a type of visa that you get uh, that I forget the name of. Let's just say it's called 90 Day Visa, and it's uh, when you want to marry somebody for a, from a foreign country. They get a visa where they can come to America for 90 days. And then within those 90 days, you either have to get married or you have to go home. And so the show tracks that. Yep. And I've been watching before, though. Yeah. So I've been watching the seasons where they're trying to decide if they're going to get engaged in the first place. And it's uh, every season is like one couple that actually like they met online and they actually seem like they might be kind of a fit yes. for each other. Like they both have some deep, dark secret that gets revealed throughout the season that mm-hmm. shakes the core of their relationship. And but a lot they, of times the deep, dark secret is not neither deep nor dark, but it is told with dramatic music in the background. Right. Exactly. Um, and then there's like maybe of the five couples, four couples. Um, so there's that one good one that mm-hmm. like is really a match. There's four where it's like just bad for some reason. It's just real bad. Like one person's too controlling. Yeah. The other person has a criminal record. And, one of uh, them is like believes that their cat is a human. Yeah. And and they always met in a weird way. Yeah. Like it's like the other couple like met and, and has had like an established relationship. And these people are like, I zoomed with them once for 22 minutes and I am in love. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even making this up in season two of 90 days before uh, one of the, I want to say characters, but they are real people making they real are choices. Very real people. Uh, they met on a karaoke, like an asynchronous karaoke duet app where Hell like yeah. you record yourself singing and then someone does a duet with you. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then there's always one couple where it's clearly a catfish and the person is like, I went all the way to the Ukraine to see this person. And like, we haven't talked for two days, but they told me they were coming on the train. And if they haven't talked to me in two days, that means they're probably in transit. It's just (laughs) these jumps of logic where it's like, they have all the pieces in front of them and they're like, but this couldn't have been them. It is. It's just really wild, but it's so wild. But I also understand because I watched that show and I'm kind of like there, but for the grace of God, go I like I was, I had two paths I was going to take in life. And one was either being with my boyfriend for a million years, which is the path I chose, or I can absolutely see myself playing chat roulette being like, I'm going to marry that guy, flying him to the U.S., <laughs> getting married in a week, lying to everyone about it, being like, oh, we actually met studying abroad. And they're like, you did not study abroad. Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to talk about the sincere and earnest topics of the day. 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. Paula, what's our topic this week? Delivery. <laughs> Something that is near and dear to our hearts mm. right now. Uh, cause can't go outside. So food have to come inside food and things come inside. 
Have you been getting a lot of delivery? Like delivery um, food. Let's let's assume until we say otherwise, we are talking specifically about the delivery of hot meals. Sure. Sure. Um, I actually have been doing pretty well at, and this is not me bragging that like, oh yeah, I've been doing a really good job grocery shopping and I've been cooking a lot, um, but it has been a stress reliever to cook. So I've been saying like Friday nights, I get delivery mm-hmm. and I get it from a local place to help, uh, you know, like not a chain, something like that, just to help uh, restaurants that I care about and love. Um, but there have been a couple exceptions to that rule. One, I got like $70 worth of beer about three or four weeks ago because I was like, this brewery is dope. This will be helpful. Also, then I don't have to go outside and get more alcohol to push down all the feelings. And then secondly, my office just started doing something really cool. Um, So we normally have when we're it's in the office synergy yeah it's called <laughs> disruption <laughs> disrupting the industry <laughs> yeah it's called like what if we turned the whole industry and we're not going to tell you which industry on its head <laughs> it's the millennium way the millennial way oh it's the millennium way <laughs> the millennium millennial way of disrupting it with instagram ads yeah right exactly you're going to get two percent engagement which is off the charts um no what we've been doing is we normally get catered food a couple times a week at work which is a very lovely perk and as a kind of hey we know that this isn't happening and to help local restaurants they've given us all virtual credit cards that have a limit per month to get delivery to our houses i know where do you work (laughs) google.com google.net that is that's a great way of of supporting businesses but holy cow now that is a that is a little prince of costco move uh now josh i don't work for the google.net um but occasionally i do have to go on a work trip and i will say the most anxiety inducing thing and and if you have ever had to file and i don't whatever industry you're in if you have ever had to file an expense to get money back from your company the scariest thing is them seeing what you ate it's like it's like i left to my own devices by myself I'm eating the weirdest food and then I forget. <laughs> and then I like have to send the invoice to someone being like, can I have $12 back for a sushi burrito I wanted to try and then I didn't like, so I got something else. Yeah. <laughs> Could I please have $8 back for this scoop of uh, dairy-free ice cream that I felt like I needed and then halfway through was too full for because I already splurged on dinner? <laughs> Oh, can I have $12 because I got six birthday cake pops from Starbucks for breakfast? I was just in the airport for so long and I had to clean out the Hudson News. (laughs) (laughs) What is, have you been doing delivery food? Well, okay. So hello, loan me a ladder because I'm climbing up on my high horse. Um, I have been very careful with delivery because I... a lot of those delivery apps suck for businesses. Yeah, totally. Like Caviar and Uber Eats and things yes, like that. They charge so much money. And in fact, uh, I learned this the other day that like, even when you go, if you're like, I'm going to call in my order, which is a which is a really good way to place an order, never use the phone number that's on the Grubhub app because that is Grubhub's phone number to make sure that they still get a cut of what you're calling in for. 
Yeah, it's the equivalent of having like an affiliate link when you're on yes. websites and they track where you're coming from. It's wild. Yeah. Go on their Yelp page. Um, but I, uh, I, I grew up in. I grew up a, a little girl with little parents who owned a restaurant. So, um, so I'm, I'm very extra sensitive. No, no. I mean, it's true. That's our earnest advice of the week. Is like delivery is actually a good thing. Yeah. Also, it's safe to bring things inside your home. Just move them off of the containers that it's in. Just yeah. put it on on plates. And also, uh, yeah, call the restaurants directly and ask them how they would like you to put in the order. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, I got Cafe Tola, super great uh, kind of like breakfast empanada, breakfast burrito kind of place. And they told me, hey, rather than call it, like, what would be best is just go on our website directly and put in your order there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's like an extra step that's a pain in the butt, but it's like some of the, some of the places from my understanding have minimums. So it's like, no matter what, like Grubhub is taking six bucks. And so if you yeah. spend $15 or you spend $10 or whatever, um, but that being said, so I have recently become bike girl and vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom, and we ordered and, uh, take out and we were like, okay, we're going to ride our bikes over and grab it. And I did not realize the amount of food that we ordered nor that it was in very delicate plastic containers. Oh, no. And so we were outside this restaurant with our backpacks and like a garbage bag that we used to line our backpacks being like, what do we do? And I'll tell you what we had to do. And this sucks. So we rode all the way over. We had to call an Uber. And Uber's doing this thing that's like Uber carrier or something. Well, they'll just take packages. <laughs> so you called an Uber to... To carry your food so back got, home? We got an Uber. We called our landlord who lives in the building. We had to be like, heads up. You're going to have to buzz in a package for us, we asked. And then we put the food in the trunk of the Uber and like pedaled behind it. it like, uh, okay, who's the tiny prince now? <laughs> Being like, please, good sir, carry all my wares. No, it like would not have worked. It would not. I mean, when I tell you, this stuff might as well have been wrapped in a soft piece of tissue paper. When you get delivery, what is your go-to? And let's, yeah. say, let's put to-go food and delivery in the same bucket here. Sure, totally. Um, so it, I have two different modes. Fancy. It's either like single fancy thing. You, you know what I mean? Like burger. I do. I love a good delivery burger, which is surprising because the fries are almost always bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, if I'm going for like I'm gonna get one thing and I know it's gonna cost $20, but it's okay because that's gonna make me happy right now. Mm -hmm. Or I go with it's grocery time, baby. And I'm like getting $60 worth of Indian food. Holy cow. Because I'm thinking about like, well, if I get this, then like I can have three or four meals out of it or whatever. And that's where I go with like my Indian, my Thai kind of like, those are my go-tos in general. It's either like fancy burger or like Indian food, Thai food, uh, Vietnamese food, that kind of situation. Yeah, I was talking to a uh, friend of the pod, Meredith Cashel, and she made a really good point that there's some foods that just, like, are so good in a restaurant. And then something happens in the transportation process. Mm -hmm. where they become bad. Like a, like, a really good example of that is pasta. Like, sure. pasta in a restaurant, there is nothing better. They set that down in front of you, and my first instinct is, like, I should be eating this for every meal. 
You know, this is, it's the base of the food pyramid. It's good for you. <laughs> this is, this is heaven. But then as soon as it goes in that little, as soon as it's transported outside, it changes. Yeah. Well, it's like you get, it, it's like fries. As soon as they're oxidized, like yeah. as soon as like they hit outside air as opposed science? to inside air. Hey, science. And they get, uh, they become, it's, it's that soggy air and they just yes. sit in themselves. Yes. yes, yes. But meanwhile, some foods are just made better with delivery. Right, like have soups you, and curries. Have you ever gotten, I'm about to blow everybody's mind, have you ever gotten a delivery milkshake? No, well, because yes. I'm, I'm very lactose intolerant, but. Well, me too, Josh, but there's a little thing called sucking it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, a del- there is nothing that makes you feel more fans. I mean, also my idea of self-care is like, Fill up the bathtub with ice cream and put on the impractical jokers. So, like, don't listen to me. But if you ever have the opportunity to get a delivery or to go milkshake from a restaurant with your meal, Mm -hmm. it feels so fancy. I've had a smoothie before, and I definitely feel very like, ooh, this was made for me. (laughs) Ooh la la. What are you normally ordering when you order food? Uh... 50% 50% of the time it's sushi, 50% of the time it's Chinese food. Really? I don't want Only any East help. Asia. I want sushi or I want Chinese food because those are two foods that I love that uh, also, it's also vicinity. So there are also two places for that in walking distance to me that are both amazing restaurants. And also I have such intense um, need to be loved Sure. Uh, such a, such intense, what is it, performer syndrome, that if I go to a restaurant and they are very nice to me, I will get their logo tattooed on my body. I will only <laughs> eat there. I will do anything for them. Really? That's so mm-hmm. funny. Ugh. I, I really like, my big thing right now is that I, def- I definitely feel that too. I get very like my, my, uh, family, there's other people in my family who I will not name who are, uh, more like this, where they just like want to be friends with everyone immediately. And like, will tell the entire life story, Yes, but I do have an intense, (laughs) um, I do have an intense urge to feel like I'm to want one of my goals is to be a regular somewhere. You know what I mean? I just want to be a regular. Do you know how attainable that is? Josh, you just go somewhere a bunch. Yeah, well, okay, well, I'm oh, a man of many be, interests. Where are you going to be a regular, Josh? The Little the little Prince Throne Store? Caviar.com? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so this is the, that's the biggest uh, problem with quarantine is that it's really just getting in the way of becoming, be becoming a regular at various restaurants and, and bars. Oh, where? Champagne for boys? <laughs> Champagne for boys is amazing. <laughs> what a what a restaurant. What do you think it would be like inside? Sticky. Very sticky. <laughs> Very sticky. Um have I told this story on the pod once? My friend uh Kelly and I, so the place that I don't know the name of it, but if if this bar was named anything, my guess is it was Champagne for Boys. My friend Kelly and I were walking on the street in Boys Town. And these guys come up to us and uh, they were like, what are you guys up to? And we were like, nothing. (laughs) And they go, our friend owns the bar 
on the corner up there. And he's trying to make it look really busy because it's brand new. And uh-huh. so uh, we're trying to get people in and he will give you bottle service if you promise to sit in the window for free. Oh, wow. Isn't that very nice? And so we were like, yeah, duh. Uh, that's why you should always talk to strangers and go with them to a second location. Um, <laughs> so we walk also, in. I don't know that that's nice. I think it's just, it's just business. I got something good. He got something good. So we sit in the window, whatever. We're having a nice time chit-chatting. Sure. And uh, his husband, the owner's husband, was a go-go dancer there. Okay. And I will tell you, the best act of love I have ever seen, he was walking around, the owner was walking around, secretly giving people stacks of bills to go give to his husband, the go-go dancer, so that his husband thought that everyone was really in love with his dancing. Do you think that the whole place, which we're going to call Champagne for Boys, was a front uh, that he didn't actually want to run a business. He just wanted to make his husband feel special. It was such an earnest, kind act of love in such a weird way that I, to this day, I like my heart swells thinking about what a kind thing. Like this guy, the owner was secretly walking around with a, with a fistful of dollar bills giving them to people being like, can you go give this to my husband dancing? You know, isn't that so earnest and sweet? That's really sweet because the thing is, if he doesn't say, can you go give this to my husband? If he's like, Hey, these are for the dancers. Then it's not earnest at all. It's like, clearly they're just trying to drum up business. If he's like, could you give these? My husband is the go-go dancer. Would you mind? It's so cute. It is so sweet. And it really like, it's like, it's like one of those things that every detail is very shady, but the act of it is so sweet. It, it's exactly like you said. It really makes you feel like the husband's dream is to be like a handsome man wearing shorts, dancing on a, like dancing on a platform. And I, I do feel like, I mean, the husband had to have known, he had to have known like all these people in these bar and every single one is going up, giving him dollar bills. But I, I like to think he suspended his disbelief. You know? Yeah, I wonder if you were just like you stumbled on a birthday party in a <laughs> pop up. <laughs> I hope they're doing well. <laughs> Paula, I don't like being patient. Okay. This- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think uh, something that I have realized and I think others have felt as well is um we all got so used to Big Daddy Bezos giving us our packages and our toys uh, within 48 hours. Oh, 48 hours would be like, it's going to take 48 hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, God. Like, I, you know, I remember I was getting a, um, a, uh, like a Secret Santa gift mm-hmm. for my uh, coworker over the holidays. And I came up with the best idea kind of late in the game. But I could because, and I remember being like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to pay for expedited shipping to get it here tomorrow as opposed to like in two days. Ugh, what was me? And now we're like, yep, might as well just uh, assume that the Pony Express will bring this within two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it really, uh, it it's all of a sudden feels like it's freaking 2011 over here. I know, right? God. Have you been making any stupid uh, online purchases? Yeah, all the time. What is the dumbest thing you've bought? 
Um, I don't know how dumb it is, but I bought a microplane, uh, which is not a little airplane. It's the oh, like little grating thing, <laughs> uh, the little grater thing that like they use on Bon Appetit because I was like, I'm tired of using the grater that I have to grate my ginger. <laughs> I want to look like Molly Baz. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? What about you? What have you been ordering? I did get this tiny little eyelash comb for $2 on Amazon. Mm. And as you can see, it's a small little contraption with metal teeth and you use it to comb your eyelashes. Okay. And I cannot tell you why I bought it. (laughs) It just was Uh, there. It was there. It was $2. And I thought to myself, I am sick of my eyelashes not being combed enough. Yeah. Maybe Uh, they need some combing. It is kind of hard because it's like, you just like see this metal object coming towards your eye and, Sure. Sure. sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could have things delivered to you now that we like time is no longer a factor. Um, nope. I think we don't really need to worry about, uh, like, I don't know, supply chain and efficiency. Um, if you could have your stuff delivered by anything and I mean, anything, how would you want your stuff delivered? Like they buzz your apartment you are like, yep, just leave it in the lobby. And then you look out your window and bam, this this mode of transportation, this thing has delivered your uh, your box of 50 eyelash combs. That, it, well, I only need one because I already have one. Well, you know what? I'll put one in every bag. Uh, <laughs> there is one correct answer to this. I can tell you what it is right now at this second. It is one of the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. First off, amazing uniforms, tiny hats, little vests, very sure. professional, very chic. I was going to say incredibly professional. Yeah, I tr- I just trust them. And you know what, Josh? I love a man in uniform. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, do you think they have the temperament for it? I mean, I think from a physiological and professional setting, they're perfectly set up for it. But yeah, they can fly. Sure. Also, now a good thing with a monkey, because my first instinct was dragon. But how is it? What is a dragon going to do? Carry a basket in its mouth? But these guys have little hands. Sure. And they know how to work in groups. Sure. Maybe they can work together. And they've worked for a bad boss before, a terrible boss. Therefore, they would fall into the Bezos empire wonderfully. (laughs) Sure. They don't mind being fully abused. Yeah. They're used to not getting bathroom breaks. And being, you know, destroyed if they try to unionize. <laughs> you think that's uh, the main thing that took down the Wicked Witch? If she had let the flying monkeys unionize, maybe we would have, uh, Dorothy wouldn't have uh, slipped through their clutches. Oh, God. They should make a musical about that witch. <laughs> and a yeah, little call- goat man. I don't remember the rest of the plot to Wicked. Yeah, right. Yeah. I All I know is that lots of people went with their moms. Mm. Yes, the yes, show, yes. and I've seen it fifteen times. Peep, wicked. Now, I guess Hamilton is kind of this, but I feel like in the early to mid two thousands, people really latched on to musicals. Oh yeah, and you want to? It's because I was like a musical like nerd that it really <laughs> felt like that. But sure, it seemed like that was the zeitgeist. Yeah, well, what was it was there was the cool musical to like. There's always one, and then it changes. So it yeah. was Rent. 
And then it was, I think I would say like, because Rent's mid 90s. And then it kind of everyone who becomes got, like, 13. Popular, it got popular like early 2000s when they made that masterpiece of a movie. Yes, an incredible movie that has no problems with it. No um, problems whatsoever. So it jumped up there. Then we got Wicked. Then we got Spring Awakening. Mm. Yes, because that, because that was the age of liking musicals with a little bit of an edge. <laughs> yeah, sure, exactly. There's some boob in this one. Yes. Um, and then we get, um, I'm trying to think like what early 2010s is. Hamilton? Um, no, that no, because been- Hamilton doesn't come out until like 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. So that took over. Um, maybe it's like. I think Spring Awakening may have been the last big one because it felt like it was like Rent, Hairspray, Wicked. Like there yeah. were like all of these huge ones. We were yeah. living in the golden age of musicals. Sure, as opposed to the actually defined golden age of musicals. <laughs> but high schoolers were living in the golden age of musicals. Yes, definitely. In musicals about high schoolers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did love Lots that. of musicals about high schoolers. Um, okay, if I could cast you in any musical role, what would I cast you in? This is more of a question for me. I was going to say, I don't think I can answer this. Um, I don't See, I have not kept up on musicals. I got yeah. real into improv comedy. <laughs> sure, sure. Which is uh, a different from kind the, of musical. Yeah, I was going to say from the outside seems very similar. From the inside is totally different. What would I cast Josh in? What about the little guy from, uh, you know, from Rent? The little guy with the camera and the scarf? Mark? Yeah. That was the one I identified with. Yeah, ah! for sure. <laughs> you being that role uh he was kind of like i'm making a documentary <laughs> that's a good yep. one for you yeah, yeah yeah and he's like a little bit petulant but he's also very nice and like mm-hmm. doesn't ha- he has probably he has separation problems but he doesn't have yeah exactly yeah and you know what and uh he's the one from rent that uh probably lives like a very normal life now sure <laughs> totally <laughs> totally know? like he got a job at a startup <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And he's like, yeah, he's like a chief creative officer and it just kind of fell into his lap when, yeah, he's, he, he works in Dumbo now. <laughs> Everyone like, uh, he kind of refers to it as his like wild early twenties. Yeah. Back yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. a filmmaker, but he doesn't really talk to any of those people anymore. No, but he uses those skills because they're still marketable skills. The you know what I mean? Marketable skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, you know what? He got to go to that big fancy advertising thing in um in France this year. Can? Yeah. Oh, Palm d'Or or whatever. I yeah. have no idea. Either way, yeah. he won. <laughs> yeah, he made those two percent engagement uh, Instagram ads. Yes, and he. Now, if I told you he made the Geico Christmas ad, so you know the one. Yeah, I know the one. And he made that ad good for him. That yeah. was art. Yeah, it really was. And that's you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's a big old sellout. But in a nice way. <laughs> so my mode of delivery would be... uh Paul Revere. Okay, slow. So yeah, oh, I mean, and 
dead. Yeah, sh- sure. But that kind of like, your package is coming. Your package is coming. <laughs> Being able to yell that as they <laughs> down the street of the city. Can you imagine how annoying as hell that would be? Because everyone is getting, everyone is getting packages all the time, right? Like sure. everyone is getting packages all the time, which means these Paul Revere's would be crossing each other in the street. We would never know a moment's peace. We would just hear all the time, the package is coming. And you'd be like, shut up. Yeah, but it wouldn't it be a nice reminder that other people exist? I don't need that. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm constantly reminded they exist. Hey, Josh, speaking of deliveries, you, uh-huh. know, what else, you know what else can be delivered? Bad news. Jokes. Oh, and bad news. How do you deliver bad news? Poorly. I'm not very good at it. No, I won't do it. I put it off onto someone else. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I have this bad habit of when I'm delivering bad news laughing because I feel nervous. It's just a small chuckle and I'm not laughing at other people's pain. It's just I. You're nervous I'm, laughter. I'm ner- nervous laughter. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, I, my step my strategy for delivering bad news is putting it off and putting it off and putting it off until someone else is like i'll just goddamn do it (laughs) sure good good um but you were saying jokes oh yeah jokes (laughs) uh i think i know the answer to this but paula have you bombed before oh yeah hundreds of times yeah yeah yeah. hundreds of times i've bombed doing every form of comedy that you can imagine doing I bombed at it. When was the the biggest gap of expectation versus reality for you? Ooh, um, look, there's lots of different forms of bombing. Let's dive into this. As somebody who's bombed, sure. um, I think bombing is really good. I think it's really good because the first time it sucks so much. And then every time after it does not suck as much. Like it's yeah. so horrible the first time that you're like, if I bomb, okay. Um, bombing and improv sucks. But when you're doing improv, I feel like there's a level of forgiveness because people know you're making it up on the spot and you're also with a team. So Yeah, it's you not bomb, your fault. Exactly. And it's the same way with doing like sketches. Like I've bombed doing both of those and it's like you're not by yourself. There's somebody else to share the blame with. Sure. Now, the worst one to bomb at is solo. Uh, and I have uh, and, and specifically for me, bombing at solo characters is a nightmare because you work really hard and you're probably wearing a stupid little hat and you thought this was going to go really well and there's no one to save you. So you just have to finish. Uh, and it, every second feels like a thousand years. Sure. And there's, especially if it's something you've memorized, there's no way to speed it up. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Like you're just you're like, trapped in the script. We have to get if you're bombing doing like regular stand-up comedy, you can skip jokes, get to the end, get out of there. But when you're doing something that is like from point A to point B to point C to point D, and you're two minutes into an eight-minute set and they are hating you, buddy, there is nothing you can do. Josh, I specifically remember one of the times I bombed the worst, and it was a character I had worked so goddamn hard on, and it was like I was very young. It was like one of my first times doing like solo stuff. And it was like a camp counselor for like Trump camp or something. This would have been like before the, well before the election. Wow. Uh, And now I thought it was pretty good. And maybe as an article or something, it would have been a little bit more digestible, but 
it certainly came off that I was radically pro-Trump. Oh no. It's and, that uncanny valley where you're like, is this person yes. mock? It's too close to like, they're yes. too earnest about this for it to it actually. Was so earnest. Yeah. And I had only ever like written stuff. I'd not like done stuff. So I didn't understand there was like a, a difference. And it went so badly. And I was in a full costume, a full costume in a packed room. And I maybe got three pity laughs because one of my best friends was there. Like it was. And it was like eight minutes long. Every single ounce of it was, I felt so bad for everybody involved. Oh, God. Yeah. That's horrible. It was pretty rough. So wait, Josh, have you ever bombed? I was doing an improv set and I was trying to play someone who was crotchety and people took it as something it got misinterpreted as being um problematic and then (laughs) like trying to you realize it and you see it on everyone's face around you and you're like you're like why are you oh wait you took it that way no and then you like drop all character affectations and you're like how do i dig myself out of this hole this isn't about building brick by brick anymore this is about me clawing my way out of this hole that i built for myself (laughs) And then just apologizing to everyone profusely after the show, being like, that's not what I intended. <laughs> that's the, the the guilt that sits with you after where you're like, I've not only let down the audience, I've let down myself and everyone I've ever loved. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And it's like, that is not what I meant. I see how oh, you could take God. it that way, but that was not at all what I meant. Uh, was anybody mad at you or did they all get it? No, they all were just like, that's a, that was, we thought it was a really bold move. And I was like, it wasn't i think that's gonna do it for us i think that's gonna do it for us thank you again for listening in and uh giving us your patronage for another week we have an announcement uh if you remember a couple weeks back maybe a month back we did a um yeah time's nothing uh it was in this you know within quarantine we did a uh a show where we did diners, drive-ins, and dives and did a live reading of it. Mm-hmm. We are doing something similar, but not quite the same. Paula, do you want to talk about it? Yes. And let me say that we had so much fun doing the reading. We're going to do another. It is my fault. I have not been able to will myself to transcribe another episode of television. So buckle up. That's going to happen eventually. Uh, this upcoming Thursday, Josh and I are going to go live on Twitch and play a full game of Dream Daddy. Or until we get bored. We're going to play the whole thing, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to play the hit video game Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy. Um, we'll put information from on our social. Yeah, we'll put it on social. We'll play uh you can pop in for 5 minutes, pop in for the whole time. Um doesn't really matter. We'll figure it out and we'll have a lot fun. of fun doing it. Uh, no fundraiser on this one just hanging out if you want to hang out with us yeah we do not have any imatwas this week <laughs> it uh, has not, not been a very earnest week if you have earnest moments that you want to send in if you have topics you want to send in if you've got uh things that are happening around you that you think would be germane to our conversation uh you can reach out to us at being earnest pod on all social and then we're being earnest pod at gmail.com Thank you, as always, to our good friend Ryan Cruz for our wonderful logo. 
You can follow her on Instagram at, at @rbcruiser and our buddy Dylan Dutch for our theme song. Follow him on Twitter at, at Dylan Dutch. And as soon as we're all out of this stay-at-home order, we'll meet you all at Champagne for Boys. Champagne for Boys. Thanks everybody. See you next week. Bye.